0: We appear to have some uh, good news for iPhone users regarding the iPhone 12. We have some news here that the iPhone 12 will ship with a 20-watt PD USB-C adapter based on photos shared by leaker Mr. White on Twitter. How about that for a leaker name? Mm. That's like Reservoir Dogs. Did you ever watch Reservoir Dogs? Yeah. Bring it up because I actually have a story about Tarantino coming up later in the show. Okay. But Reservoir Dogs, what do they have: Mister Pink, Mister White, Mister Black. I don't remember actually who all the different Misters were. Anyway, iconic film, 1992. They're gonna they're gonna give you more power than they've ever given you, Will, with a brand new iPhone purchase. 20 watts. Now, the upgrade took place recently to the 18-watt power adapter, which was a huge improvement over the 5-watt power adapter. And, you know, I've been talking about power adapters, particularly some of those super high-powered ones that have been shipping. Oppo's got a super high-powered one. The VOOC? Super VOOC. How dare you? Don't get it wrong. Isn't it 2 now? Super VOOC 2.0? I think they went up to like 75 watts. But most recently I did a 65 watt in-the-box power adapter, but now I'm forgetting which device it was. Electronic? No, no, no. I, I'm not not just the charger. I'm saying inside of a smartphone box. You oh. unbox it 65 watt charger. Black shark? Mm, I don't think Black Shark was 65 watts. Anyways, you're seeing this incredible progression in charge speed taking place. Apple a little bit slower to adopt, however, in defense of Apple and uh, the, uh, the Apple fans that are out there, there's an argument against these crazy fast chargers, which is kind of convenient for Apple to be honest, but it is true that these faster chargers can uh, degrade batteries faster. It is a possibility.
1: Because of a heat issue?
0: Yeah, it's just a quick uh, the the quick charge and discharge the sequence there is uh, a little tougher on the battery cell's longevity, and maybe it's heat related, as you mentioned. I'm sure, there's other factors, mm. but what's important to note as a customer, you're you're charging really fast in exchange potentially for a degradation in battery life sooner. And in some cases, actually, this article here references an Oppo device. Uh, I believe. Where was it here? Oppo had a 75 watt charger saying it would degrade battery 30 30% within a year of use. I mean, I don't know. This is a commenter on the this is a commenter on the thing. But I do recall reading something similar that these very high powered chargers would degrade your battery life faster. Now A lot of this has to do with how long you hope to hang on to your device. And as we know, in the Apple realm, a big argument to be in the Apple camp is longevity in the sense that the device is going to get updates from Apple, presumably longer than whatever Android device you're using, unless you have a Google device. Uh, They tend to hold their value in the resale market, Apple devices. It's just a different, it's its own thing. And so Apple's made the choice in the past to actually uh, underclock performance to protect battery life. I don't know if you recall, it's a big scandal. They kind of made the decision. At the time, I remember thinking, it would have been great if they let you opt in. But people were wondering why the performance on their old iPhones was so terrible. It turned out Apple was prioritizing battery life because when the CPU was running full click, unthrottled, the battery was dipping hard real quick on those peaks. So anyway, there's a history of Apple selecting for battery life and longevity, and I think it's one of the major reasons why they've been reluctant to progress as rapidly as the Android space to the fast charger. I'll tell you what, I don't care, Will. I don't hold on to these things long enough. I want the speed. Hmm. Call me crazy. Mm -hmm. You already do. Well, every day. I'll take the speed at the 30% decrease... You give me a 100-watt charger for a phone, let's do it. Because to see that baby fly up... Oh, that's what it was. It was an Oppo Reno device, I think it was, with a 65-watt. Okay. The Ace? Ace Might have been the Ace. Anyway, when you see that Super VOOC just clicking, just BAM! The Super VOOC graphic, it'll get you going. It'll turn you right on. Anyway, Apple users are going to get a little taste of that. They're getting two extra watts, Will! Mm. All right, so I said I would you know you go from 18 to 20 a couple of extra watts now no, now obviously it's a leak at this point mr white puts it out and cool the cool thing about his leak is that the case of the charger is actually transparent by the looks of it that's kind of cool imagine it shipped like that it's almost like the oneplus feature the uh, x-ray vision mm-hmm. it's not going to ship like that and, uh, of course, the upper image there shows the actual 20-watt characteristic. It might only ship with the big boy device, whatever that is, the top-tier model. Or maybe it ships with all of them and it goes up to 20 watts. There is still a bit of a debate, it appears, at least in this comment section, over whether or not it's Type-C the whole way. or Apple sticks to the lightning port. It looks like they're going to stick to the lightning port mm-hmm. on the end of the, of the phone. And they may just skip over Type-C completely and go to that fully wireless model Sometime soon, but the emergence of this 20 watt power brick means the means Apple users are going to charge the devices even faster than they currently do on the 18-watt brick, presumably. Mm-hmm. Good news. Uh, some more Apple news. iPhone sales in China drop in May after recent rebound, but Apple still shows signs of resilience. So I'm not surprised, obviously, that the the they're still having some sales difficulty compared to the same period last year. Well, I mean, the world is very uh, in a very unusual state mm. as of right now. We're well aware. We don't need a recap on that. World recap 2020. What's been happening? Oh, I don't know. It's in the sidebar CNBC. Sheesh, I can't go anywhere. I go to Twitter trending. I'm getting slammed. Well, mm. starting to feel like it's, it's looking bleak.
1: Strange times. Very, very strange.
0: Anyway, not on this show. I'll tell you what, the the, the glass is half full on this show. Hmm. We're, gonna, we're
1: gonna rise like a phoenix. Very optimistic.
0: Who's the X-Men who rise like a phoenix? What's her, her name? Jean. Kirk had to get in on this right now. Yeah. Did you see that? He couldn't let the X-Men thing go. Yeah. And really, I knew it was Gene Gray, but I just wanted to see if I could get Kirk involved. <laughs> Screaming Gene Gray back there, waving his hands around, shaking something. I don't know what he's up to. Yeah, it's a whole thing over there. Anyway, so I can't say that I'm surprised about uh, these numbers. iPhone sales in China fell in May, showing signs of a weakening after Apple saw an initial rebound when the company reopened as the coronavirus outbreak eased over in China. It eased, you see, prior to coming to the rest of the world and not easing up as of yet. But here's the interesting thing for me. Other areas of the business grew, including spending on the app store. You see that well? Mm. Well, of course, spending on the app store. If you're one of these people, you have one of these phones. Now you're you're chilling at home a little more. You crack into a few apps. Uber it, eats.
1: Yeah. You're cr- Amazon.
0: I don't there's Uber. Wait a second. What? The app store doesn't earn any money if you are purchasing on Uber Eats. No. Wait a second. I mean, I know they get 30% of revenue generated through the app. Uber Eats, no. (laughs) Wait a second, we gotta figure, we gotta get to the bottom of this. Will, can you check, please, if the app store earns money on the food apps? Like I know on the subscription services, if I, for example, got the UFC application, and i subscribe through itunes or it was called itunes at the time if i subscribe through the app store then apple gets their piece their their 30% cut but i don't on a food app come on cuz then cuz then presumably it would be costing you substantially more to buy your food on an iPhone than an Android device, right? What what's going on? I don't think it's I don't think it's built like that. Will's spreading disinformation here.
1: Illuminati.
0: Yeah, Will's in conspiracy land. No, they don't. They they're making 30% on purchases made with that they're processing through the Apple App Store. So so for example, let me I'm I'm using the UFC example here. Of course, there's other examples. UFC is a paid app subscription to their uh to their uh, UFC.TV, it used to be called, but whatever it is, has the events and and the inventory of old videos, and you pay a monthly fee. Now, rather than travel to their website, put in the credit card credentials, right within the iOS app, you can just click subscribe, at which point the billing takes place through Apple. And for that convenience, Apple then takes a 30% piece of that subscription Mm -hmm. as it recurs each time monthly. So UFC is, is sitting there saying, please come to our website. Don't subscribe this way. And there's been right. all kinds of uh, arguments. It's going on right now with the developers conference, that email app. There's a huge discussion about the 30% number mm-hmm. and and whether or not developers are comfy with it. But there's there's been some uproar that they want that to be reconfigured. But anyways, outside of all that, you see an improvement in Apple's business, it means you're seeing an improvement in paid apps or in-app purchases. Mm -hmm. That's the key. And that's where they saw an increase, where was it? From 1.53 billion in April to 1.71 billion in May. That's, uh, those are dollars. Those are numbers, they're not they small are. numbers. They yeah. are large numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I got Willie Do going on that one. <laughs> I got you going on that one. Will. Yeah, yeah. $1.71 billion in app purchases. And there, this is one of the reasons the Apple stock, I don't know if you've looked at it, it's, it's going up, man. Even in the face of all the things happening in the world, Apple still making moves, still getting votes. Never mind the one day. Give me the, five, give me the one month. Give me the six months. Give me <laughs> the YTD, ladies and gentlemen, year to date. It's They're climbing up there. And part of it is the resilience in their business model and the fact that if you don't buy an iPhone, they'll still sell you an in-app purchase on a freemium, freemium game. Candy crush, whatever, I don't know. you can pay you can spend a fortune in those things. People don't play that anymore, but you understand what I'm saying.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So anyways, they made up for it a little bit there., uh, presumably there'll be a rebound as the world uh, emerges from everything that's going on and and they sell a few more iPhones all over again with twenty watt chargers then the people come out of the woodwork. You understand they were holding off purchasing a phone. They got two more watts on a charger. today's the day.
1: The charger makes all the difference.
0: iPhone 12. Speaking of upcoming phones, we have a patent from Huawei. A new smartphone with under display camera and virtual buttons. Now, it's important to note this patent was filed a really long time ago, but it was just recently uh, given. (laughs) Not given. Recently approved. It takes time, Will. You submit a patent, you don't get approval right away on a patent. So, this was back in 2019, but it just got approved. So, once it gets approved, then you see it in plain sight. It comes out into the public. Now, this smartphone is very bizarre looking, I have to say. Beyond the fact that there's the rumored under-display camera and absolutely no buttons on it, you have these cutouts on the side where the screen appears to extend around the chassis, but only in these specific sections. And if you scroll down a little further there, well, you'll see that patent application has it come all the way around to the back of the phone. Now, I know some people just are just listening to this show right now. I can, I can explain it to you. Where you would normally have buttons for volume or power, you have screen, but then you have phone frame above and below it. So just a section of screen that wraps around, why would you want this? We have to speculate. It's our job to speculate. So we're going to put, I'm going to pause for a minute and you're going to speculate Willie do, why would you want that?
1: I mean, we're all looking for like a unified body, right? So not having any mechanical buttons or, you know, making sure that there's no leakage of like water or anything inside the components. I mean, it would make sense that it's all, uh, it's all kind of unified in this design. (laughs) is it right i I don't know what do you mean? is it right i mean there's no
0: right and wrong we're just speculating here i I,
1: I speculate that's
0: but i'm talking more specifically about that portion that wraps to the side there why do you need that like for example why not wrap it around the whole thing like what is what is the
1: incentive well i'm guessing this is glass okay okay so you would want some sort of protection you know, in the corners, Mm. if you want to drop it. Maybe
0: it's that you still need somewhere to hold it.
1: Well, you can hold glass.
0: No, but what I mean to say is people have argued about the wraparound displays with the the unintentional touches being registered. Maybe this design is a consequence of those complaints where you can still, there's a section that's touch sensitive, but then... The remainder, you know where you can confidently grip it without having those missed presses or, or unintentional inputs.
1: Yeah. Even then, I feel like software can do that, right?
0: Well, it's the supposed to, but it though. hasn't worked perfectly up until this point. In my experience.
1: Yeah, you're right. It
0: hasn't worked perfectly. So I don't know. The point to, the point is, though, this was, this was uh, submitted back in 2019. So who knows what the state of affairs was back then. The patent was included in the World Intellectual Property Office da- database and carried 14 total images and these are the two smartphones from within the patent the first patented device features a full screen body on the front with minimal bezels on every side no pop-up mechanism or anything like that which seems to indicate the in display or under display Mm -hmm. front camera because there's no hole punch no nothing on the image uh the portion on the sides could house virtual buttons for both volume rockers power buttons and possibly other functionalities as well i think uh Part of it, in my opinion, is just showing off a form factor or a design that we haven't seen before. Part of it is just, oh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. I might, the way we're buying these phones now, 2020, half of it is the novelty of, I'll give that a shot. Yeah. Particularly if we're we're swapping them out fairly frequently. I haven't tried that before. Let me give that, let let me take a crack at that one Mm. kind of thing. Now, that's a problem you and I have being around this space. Maybe that's not for everyone. But it does appear that humans in general are hungry for anything but just the slab because that's kind of what we're seeing. That's why you see some hype around the flipping stuff, some hype around the folding stuff. Uh, it's going to be... if Once Apple touches that folding stuff, it's going to be an interesting day that day. If they do, that would be an interesting day. Anyway, for now, we got a semi-wraparound situation Pat did from Huawei. We'll see what happens with that. You remember Adobe Flash, Will? I saw yeah. this image with the kid. The kid in this article, he's got his. He's like this. It got me thinking about back in the old days when you were at school, and and you would be you would try to play a flash game. You try to sneak a quick flash game. Shockwave. Yes. Flash, and there'd be websites with like a hundred flash games, advertising everywhere. Mm. Just terrible experience, but it was the best you could get. Yeah. You must have done some of that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, a main site, I think it's called Newgrounds. That was a uh, that was a that good was time a for there. Willie Do. Yeah, in uh,
0: 1999.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: 1997.
1: Yeah, I would say so. That was a
0: good time for Willie Do in 1997. Mm. Wow, it's a lifetime ago. You know, history matters a little bit, though. Well. Yeah. We got to look back to look forward Sometimes, For sure? Yeah, remember something. See how it played out.
1: Did a little bit of programming as well. Action script.
0: Easy. Easy. Showing off now. (laughs) Uh, You know, Willie dude, there's nothing he can't do. So I know you're not surprised to hear he's programming. He's playing Shockwave Flash games. He's saving the world. Mm. He's teaching us history. It's all happening Mm. all at once. Flash is dead, Will. Hate to break it to you. No more games for you. Adobe Flash cutoff will kill millions of websites. Millions of websites will be rendered at least partially inoperable when Adobe Flash is finally killed off at the end of this year. Flash has been on death row ever since Steve Jobs wrote his infamous Thoughts on Flash. So I remember that. Mm. Because Flash was big at that moment. And it was terrible Flash was a terrible experience on on mobile, early days iPhone. It was not built really well for mobile experiences, and it was heavy. It was heavyweight, it required a lot of resources and would would definitely bog down your your phone. And so Jobs hated it. He said, I remember you couldn't do load plenty of sites on early iPhones. It's just mm-hmm. you need flash. Okay, bye. Can't can't load it. So he was mad about it. He did the memo. Uh People, people started with a new web standards shortly after, you recall.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Everything's HTML now. HTML5. Yeah. HTML5. And so the writing was on the wall. Support for Flash is due to cease at the end of this year. And an update posted by Adobe last week suggests the end is going to be brutal. This article is very, uh, I like it. Barry Collins. Barry Collins on Forbes. He's going for it. Brutal. Mm. What a word. Adobe says it will stop offering Flash player downloads at the end of the year, and it'll even block Flash content running from players that remain installed on people's computers. Now, they say that this is going to effectively kill a couple hundred webs- a couple hundred thousand websites in the top million or so. There's some websites, believe it or not, still relying on Flash, which is pretty wild to hear. And so if, uh, if you're one of these websites, Will... If you have one of these websites, if you're hanging on to some old website, an old Willy Do blog or something, you got some Flash on there, you're gonna have to go go uh, fix that up. You're gonna mm-hmm. have to go find those and uh, and uh, convert over to HTML five. Yeah. Or you could just let them die, the way they were meant to.
1: Yeah. I have to let them go.
0: You know what's so. weird is like it, I, I, was think, I was sitting there thinking, oh, is this a sad day? But I don't even know. Even when Flash was around, it wasn't really loved. It wasn't that we did the games as kids to a certain extent. And
1: it was big. It was really big. No,
0: I know it was big, but was it loved? Mm. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure somebody loved it. Somebody loved everything. Somebody loved Flash. But in my time from 2000 forward, it seemed the world was already moving, trying to mm. get rid of Flash. Mm-hmm. So most of my uh, my adult life has been moving away from flash yeah so it's hard to remember it ever being loved. It always felt heavy it always seemed to bog things down. Oh, it yeah. just never seemed uh, seamless. Mm-hmm. It was always this other thing you had to install with your browser yeah it didn't come with your browser. very bizarre anyway I'm, I'm glad we're moving past it so yeah our RIP rip flash
1: mm. Let's live a good life uh
0: I got a story here about Tarantino that I mentioned I was gonna get to earlier uh, this is I don't know it, it doesn't seem really new but I thought it was interesting I'm always thinking about the the sort of uh, modern consumption methods for media and of course this is relevant right now because the movie theater seems like a thing that's I don't know if it'll ever come back the way it was, uh, given the state of things in the world. It's going to come back for sure. I, I know that. I know AMC, the uh, CEO of AMC, made some controversial comments about masks, but they but they, they are coming back. Movie theaters—they're not definitely not done yet.
1: Unfortunately, it's a losing battle with theaters.
0: <laughs>
1: so you think they're done? Yeah. I mean, people at home just yeah. watching movies. Yeah. Oh, you're talking it's about not an experience anymore.
0: I, I agree with you. Consumption habits—it's all different. And but you have to admit, it's kind of unfortunate because that is a, a real way to experience oh, yeah. a movie. Definitely. You know, big screen, whole thing. So I hope they stick around at least in some format. Mm-hmm. But yes, and as far as the representative amount of our content consumption as happens in the movie theater, you're right. It's we're already trending that way. Mm-hmm before everybody got isolated and locked up. And then that just, now you got all these empty movie theaters and people are sitting tight in those places. So it's kind of, gets a bit squirrely. You yeah. shoulder to shoulder to those places.
1: For like two hours. Somebody
0: coughs in there. and yeah. I don't know. But anyway, Tarantino, he's got a reputation for being a purist when it comes to the movie theater experience to the extent that he'll, he even requests or wants higher resolution Uh, or, well, in his particular case, um, bigger film, 70-millimeter film to debut movies. We would call it resolution in the digital world. But anyway, he's a purist to that degree. So this story emerges, it's covered here in Complex, about a meeting that Tarantino had with NBC Universal where they pitched that the Hateful Eight should come out on iPhone, launch on iPhone. Now, I don't know what they meant by that. Did they mean on a streaming service like Netflix? Did they mean as an app you could buy? Did they mean within iTunes or one of Apple's delivery services at the time? Uh, They don't really go into too much detail, but apparently Tarantino stormed out of the place when it was suggested. Stormed right out. How dare you even suggest such a thing because he wants it to be experienced in the big, the whole big way. And in fact, he was coming into that same meeting to pitch that they would debut it at 70 millimeters which would then tack on even more money because obviously that's an expense it's printing 70 millimeter film and the budget was already 70 million bucks. It's a lot of seventies. Mm. So this article just goes on to talk about this transition even for your traditional filmmakers, the guys we grew up with. It also talks about Scorsese and how he made the deal for the Netflix. Irishman. Irishman uh, deal for a bunch of money. And uh, had his apprehensions about it, how people were going to consume the content. And, of course, a filmmaker's going to care. You know how tedious it is. The the ears and then the, the shot and then the shadows and mm-hmm. the lens and the f- flare. And, and then the person's on their phone yeah. and they they're multitasking. Yeah, yeah. And they, in their are texting the
1: like a quarter of it.
0: Yes, and they, and they, they have the picture-in-picture. Picture, yeah. Hateful Eight, and he's fighting for 70 millimeter. Mm. You see how that goes? Well,
1: what the people? He's a purist.
0: What what people will do with something? Yeah. Just for convenience, it's crazy. I mean, that's like kind of like what what goes on in general with our selection process when it comes to news and things like this. We 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 select for convenience even when it's at a major detriment to our own experiences. Mm-hmm. Just convenience at all costs, quick and easy. I can watch it now on my phone, and I got it here anyways. Okay, fine. Never mind. Movie theater for who? I can't. No, I got a TV sitting right there, and no, I'll just watch it on the phone as I multitask. So, anyways, Scorsese at the time, he kind of for an older guy, I think he gets it because he he simply put it in nice terms. I would suggest. If you ever want to see one of my pictures or most films, please, please don't look at it on a phone, please. An iPad, a big iPad,
1: maybe. (laughs) So I like that. He's embracing technology. I like that. It's admitting,
0: yes, it's admitting, let's not be crazy with this thing. We got to be honest with ourselves about what the world is right now. And so that leap is nowhere near the same as the 70 millimeter film or even trying to get it on the TV. He said, okay, the TV's too hard. Let's get it on, on a big iPad. And so he might be right. It might be as good as it gets in this day and age. But of course, you're going to pick up a lot more nuance. You're probably going to enjoy the experience more. And even in in the case of Tarantino, towards the end of the article, he made some concessions, eventually made a deal with Netflix to provide even more footage from Hateful Eight to turn it into some some sort of a mini-series using extra content. Hmm. And so he kind of gave in on that front because they were willing to give that a shot. And so maybe even he's softening up to the, the new age and the new era. And you kind of have to. If you're going to stick around, you're going to stay in this game. And I think what he ended up doing with the 70 millimeter, he just put it into select theaters. Like they didn't, obviously they couldn't roll that out to so all the various theaters back in the Hateful Eight days. We'll see what happens going forward as far as movie theaters are concerned. I know right now it's all digital launches uh what's the recent one they really wanted to do a movie theater for and then and then they had to do digital um or not movie theater uh drive-ins it got canceled i talked about it recently well the king of staten island or whatever it was oh yeah and i think trolls 2 trolls 2 was another release that they Hmm. couldn't figure out what to do with and then they go straight to digital so you can go there's some there are some drive-ins around here open though i don't know if you ever been to a drive-in
1: yeah couple times. Yeah. So the
0: driving experience is a whole different thing.
1: Yeah. it's great.
0: It's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. So you have the really big picture. The one thing that suffers is the sound.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: The sound. You don't have the surround sound experience. It's just whatever your car can do. Your car might have a nice sound system, but you're still coming through the FM transmitter. Mm -hmm. All right. This next video, I know you're going to like it. Well, Tesla Roadster concept video shows 1.1 seconds, 0 to 60 mile per hour uh, acceleration with SpaceX thruster. Okay, let me just set the stage for you. This car does not exist. You're well aware. The Roadster, they've shown it off. It is a thing. It's not in production, and it's certainly never been shown with the SpaceX thruster. When the thing was announced originally, people didn't know if Elon was joking around about this SpaceX thruster option. They're like, that sounds hilarious. Is he actually going to do this? Well, he's crazy enough. Yes, of course he's actually going to do it. He follows up and says, yeah, yeah, we'll do it. Now, the original spec on the Roadster was 0 to 60 miles per hour in 1.9 seconds. Mm. With the potential upgrade to the thruster. I'm talking a real thruster.
1: What does a thruster look like?
0: You're about to see when you watch this clip. Okay. But we're going to wait a second here. And how they put it in a car. It's going to hide underneath the license plate, which will lift up when you activate the thruster. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Is this science fiction or what? What a time to be alive. How fun is that? Well, anyways, believe it or not, they first talk about this thing all the way back in 2017, Will. I know you want to play the video, Will. I see you hovering.
1: You know, I was looking at this article, and I was thinking James Bond, and then up pops the...
0: James the Musk said it himself, James Bond. Yeah. Like, full-on James Bond is the quote. So, anyways, how you get to this 1.1 seconds is because... People, smart people, decided, well, if you had a SpaceX thruster on there, which he said he's going to do, we're going to predict that you could get 1.9 seconds down to 1.1 seconds. Mm. Now, of course, that vehicle doesn't exist. So, this incredible uh, artist, CGI artist, his name is uh, Slave Popovsky, is how I think I would pronounce that. Mm-hmm. And he created this impressive render to show what it would look like based on those projections. This is full CG. Play the clip willie doo. Media cannot play, of course. <laughs> you got to go right to the Twitter to the tweet. Yeah. Here we go. Now, I don't know if there's sound as well. So, make sure you get the sound here. Oh, willie Duke, you got to line it up. Let's go. Big moment. Okay, this is beautiful. Check this out. You good to sound or no? Oh, yeah, you do. Look at that. Mm. Can we get a okay, we're gonna get it. we're getting a rewind here. I mean, it's like a jet, right? Mm-hmm. Thruster. And you can see how he added the smoke from the rear end there. Mm-hmm. Look at that. So you have the electric motors working in conjunction with a legit thruster and an incredible V looking vehicle, all CG. What do you think about this CG, Will? It looks great. It
1: looks good. I mean that's hard to do, isn't it? Oh yeah. To with get the, the camera
0: movement and
1: the lighting, the physics. I mean that's pretty hard to do, Willie. Really? I mean, come on. The timing of it, tracking it. I mean, Very I know impressive.
0: I know you could throw it together in about five minutes, but for the rest of us. How about an ad though for Popovsky there? Mm-hmm. P. Slavi 3D VFX 2020. Now, this, this clip gets passed around 331,000 views. Maybe we provide a couple more. And uh, all of a sudden, he's doing the VFX, and I appreciate it. So now I got an idea of 1.1 second, 0 to 60 time, mm. which would, of course, by the way, if you follow cars at all, that would be astronomical. That's ridiculous. Mm. If you are in that car, Will, you do not know what that would feel like. 0 to 60 in one second. Count yeah. One. One. I'd be dead. You might. It might get you. It might be the thing to finally do you in. Mm -hmm. It might really
1: do you in. Well, it's worth it. Like just looking at this. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Cool. All right. That's it for me. We covered a lot. We covered it all. iPhone 12 is getting a better power adapter. iPhone sales in China are down, but app store is up. Huawei patenting a a kind of a weird phone. Tarantino's warming up to the idea of not using 70 millimeter film. And we have zero to 60 in 1.1 seconds. Courtesy of this incredible CGI artist. Uh, Will, what do you want to say? You got anything for the people out there? You want to close us out here? Oh, you did. You prepared something today. (laughs) You did. You actually, you're pulling, you're uh, looking at your screen. You've uh, prepared a document. So go ahead.
1: I was just breathing there, but... uh... Yeah, I mean, hope everyone's safe and uh, during these strange times, and uh, good luck, everyone.